Last week, <clears throat> I read to you from one of my devotionals about transformation. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? I should have brought it and read it again. But she, as we uh, were worshiping last week, she got that word transition. And so that fit right in with transformation. And that fit in with what the song that we sang about leading us to a new place. Spirit lead us. Amen. So God is, God is up to something. I'd like to have you put that, that first confession up. It's not so much a confession, but it's a, a statement. <clears throat> and I gave this to you last week. It says, when you discover God's purpose for your life, he will equip you and empower you to succeed if you allow the Holy Spirit to work within your heart and develop godly character, there will be an overflow of power to bless others. Now, God's working, and we talked about that. She talked about it. We sang about it. God, God wants to change us. God wants to develop some things in you and in me. You know, even when we make mistakes and blow it, he doesn't throw up his hands in the air and say, well, it's not worth it anymore. Let's give up on so-and-so. Aren't you glad we serve a God like that? But God is, is endeavoring to do a deep work in your spiritual life. And I'll guarantee you, Everyone in this room today, if you got in the privacy of your own prayer closet, you would recognize and discern there's some things that aren't right in your life. And you can come through the doors in, on church on Sunday morning with that church smile, you know, pretending everything's hunky-dory. When in all reality, you know things, something's out of order, either in your marriage, your personal life, or whatever, your finances. And these are the things that God is endeavoring to do and to change in you and change in me. You know, I'm a pastor and have been a pastor for over 30 years. And one thing that really has concerned me through 30 years of, of ministry. And I know Abe's father always bring him up because he's a pastor. He's been a pastor just as long. Is that most people don't have any idea or revelation how important the local church is. They come to church when they feel like it. They come to church when they have a problem or they have a sickness or they have you know, some great thing going on in their life and they need prayer, they need this and they need that. But when everything's going well, they don't care about the church. They don't care about getting their tithe there. They don't care until something happens. Cancer strikes, sickness and disease strikes. Then all of a sudden, church is important and the preacher's important. And, you know, I know a preacher. We better go talk to the preacher. We've got to get to the point, church. See, do you notice I'm not using a message today? We've got to get to the point, church, where we allow God to, to do that work, that character tra transformation on the inside, because we're not going to reach a lost and dying world till we can get our act together. 
What good are we if we don't have our act together? If we just talk the talk and don't walk the walk, yeah, we can be the Sunday morning or Christian and, and nobody can tell the difference, but God can. Because God knows the condition of your heart and my heart. So God is endeavoring by His Spirit to do a work in this hour, transforming God's people, changing God's people. He's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He's, he's doing that work, but we have to allow Him to do that work. And I told you last week, God, there's areas in my life I'm not happy, I'm not satisfied. Well, you're a preacher. You've been a preacher for 30 years. Well, big deal. I still have flesh and bone body, blood, bone body. I still have to deal with, you know, that carnal nature. God's growing up his church. And, you know, we can't stay in the nursery forever, folks. Amen? Can if you want to, but you're not going to be any good to anybody. Look in, in um, Acts chapter, oh, look at chac- Acts chapter 1. I had a big introduction. I guess that was my introduction. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I know God's, do- God's up to something. There are two um, functions of the Spirit of God. When you're born again and you ask Christ into your heart, you're born of His Spirit. And and you become a new creature in Christ Jesus, a new species, a new person, totally transformed and changed. And that's by the Spirit of God. And then, of course, you know... It says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you shall be what? Witnesses. Everyone say witnesses. To me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So really there's two functions of the Spirit of God. You're born of the Spirit, but then when you you believe God and you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost and are filled with the Holy Ghost with evidence and speaking in other tongues. That's, that's a, another whole function or work of the Spirit of God. So one is to work within you and the other one is on the outside because if you'll let God develop your character and deal with, and you'll deal with your flesh and put your flesh under. Aren't there just some things in your life? You don't need to raise your hand, but aren't there just some things in your life right now you're just tired of the flesh? Boy, there isn't me. And I, I've been, re- it's funny how you read, but I'm reading after Rick Renner and he's doing a whole thing on repentance. And repentance if you, is, is not the same as remorse or feeling sorry for something. True repentance is changing. And see, the body of Christ really needs a whole fresh revelation of repentance. Repenting of your sin, repenting of, 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 your, of, of allowing your flesh to, 
to dictate and control your life. But so there's two functions of the Spirit's power, and that's service to others. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good healing. So you have the Holy Ghost upon you, and and thank God for that, because I believe in, in the days ahead, we're going to see a mighty outpouring of the Spirit of God. And it blows my mind, because I've read his, historical accounts of great men of God where that prophesied that the, 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 the outpouring of the Spirit would far exceed what they had experienced. And that, that just, I go tilt when I start thinking about that. But God wants to do some things. He wants to pour out His Spirit. He wants to, you know, you to, to go out there, lay hands on the sick, and see Him recover. Look at Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. So I believe we're in the preliminary. We're, we're getting there. And I believe the, the preachers of the land and the, the, the evangelists, they're all getting ready and prepared, and they're speaking out, you calling those things that be not as though they were. In Ephesians chapter 3, this is what I want you... I, re, I, I pray this... I used to pray it every day, and now I usually I, I take time, and I'll, on the first of the week, Monday prayers for me is very important. It's a very anointed time when I pray. It should be. It's, you know, the beginning of the week. And I pray this prayer, but I want you to see, we, we, we gave an example about how the anointing is upon you to serve others, but now I want you to see how the Spirit of God will work within you. And this was Paul's anointed prayer in chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, say, you means me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with what? Might, that's dunamis, that's power. To be strengthened with might or with power through his spirit, where? In the inner man, that Christ might dwell in your what? Hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ which surpasseth knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Isn't that a wonderful prayer? Now to him who's able, him who's able, thank you, Father, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the what? According to the what? That works where? In us. So the Spirit of God is working in you. The Spirit of God is working in me. And you know, you can't see that work. Because it's by the Spirit. But if you'll, you know, geez, if you'll just pray and and cry out to God and say, Lord, I don't like the way I am and I don't like the, the fact that my flesh has been controlling me in this certain area and And I I know I need to change, Father, but I need your grace. If you'll talk to him like that. 
If you'll be honest and transparent with your creator and, and pray like that, God can move in your life. But if you don't, if you don't come to him with a humble spirit and bow your knees, what do you, that's how that prayer started. For this reason, I what? Paul understood humility. And so this prayer took place. In fact, you know, when I pray that prayer, there's times I'm sitting and I can't help it. I got to get down on my knees. Because you're submitting to the will of the Father. Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, according to the power that works in us. The Amplified Bible says it this way. I'm not going to read it all. Oh, let me find it here. He says this. May he grant you out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself indwelling your innermost being and personality. Now to him who is consequent, or it says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now to him who in consequence of the action of his power that is working within us, he's able to carry out his purpose. He's able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly, far above and above all that we dare or ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest dreams, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. See, God's Spirit's working on the inside of you right now today. As I pray the word of God and I ask angels to watch over God's word, you know, you're going to go this week and you're going you're gonna to know because there's some days I'm uncomfortable. Something just isn't clicking. And I know, I know God is endeavoring to, to speak to me and, and, and work in my heart. Well, you and I need to allow him to work in our heart. Now look at Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. So there's two functions of the Spirit. One is for the outflow to minister to others as Jesus did. The other is to develop the development of godly character on the inside, developing the fruit of the Spirit. Now the Father has a role in this, and you, you and I have a role. And we'll, we'll deal with the Father's role, and then we'll stop there. <clears throat> but I want to read this. It's a wonderful scripture in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 12. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Say that. God, the Father, is working in me. Working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. 
Why is he working in you and I to will and to do for his good pleasure? Then verse 14, what's it say? Should we, let's not read that. Let's just stop right there. Do all things without what? Complaining and disputing. Now, I'll tell you something. If you're asking God to do a work in your character and help you deal with your flesh and make some changes and adjustments, most Christians, God the Father, his role is to say, well, my power's working in you. You've got the grace to change. And then what do we do? We complain. We complain. God the Father takes great pleasure in helping us make those changes so we can influence the world. I told you last week, you know, if you you need some help, your eating habits are out of order. Oh, it got real quiet. If, If eating is a problem and you allow your flesh... <clears throat> to control you in that area, then you're, you're going to be fat. No, it's really getting quiet. Harp, oh, let's, let's, leave the, let's leave the food thing alone and go to the money problem. You have trouble spending money that you don't have. <laughs> shall, I, shall we close now and say a prayer and... Spending money, you go, you go to Walmart and you see people all the time. I go to Walmart and their baskets are full, heaping over. Do you think they need all that stuff? Uh-uh. Probably not. Well, then, then we say, oh, well, Lord, I need help with my eating habits. I need help with my spending problem. And God says, okay, you got the power. There's a grace here. I'll I'll help you. And then what do we start doing? We start complaining. I'll do it next week. I don't want to do it now. I don't want to change. We start murmuring and complaining and voicing our opinion. And it negates everything God the Father wants to do in your life. He says, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. Energizing, and now listen, this is great in the Amplified. Energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God's working in you. Now, some of you probably leave leave today mad at me. Preacher hit a, he hit a, a bru- he bruised me. I didn't bruise you. The word of God bruises you. The word of God and the spirit of God will deal with you until the point you are so miserable you're going to have to make the changes. How do you know that? Because I've experienced just like you. Areas in my life. Your area might be eating. Another person's might be money spending problems. But there's, everybody here has a weakness. Everybody does. Maybe some. Maybe you don't have an eating problem. Maybe you don't have a spending problem. Maybe you got a problem being exercising patience with people. What do you mean? Being how many can be impatient? 
Then you start talking to people. Amen? Oh, I, I know this, this is a wonderful message. God the Father takes great pleasure. It says here, working in you both the will and to do for his good pleasure. The Father takes great pleasure in helping us make those needed changes so we can use that power to influence the world. Bottom line, God's working in you. God's working in me. Let's work with him. Let's make the needed changes. Let's make the, the needed adjustments in our thinking, in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our words. Let's make some changes. And if we truly want to repent and we want God to work in our life, then we'll see fruit of this. There'll be fruit. That word work, it comes from the Greek and where we get the word energy. It's the divine energy put forth to effectually bring forth a noticeable and permanent change. The tense of this word in the Greek indicates that the will of God is releasing power constantly that will change our character and behavior. That's, that's so good. The will of God right now in you, wherever you are at, wherever I'm at in my life, God is releasing power constantly that will change our character and behavior. God is not satisfied in leaving his children the way they are. God is not satisfied leaving you and I the way we are. We are to be conformed and transformed into the image of his son. Jesus never had a spending problem. Jesus never had an eating problem. Well, that was Jesus. Well, I, I'm sorry, but I thought the word calls us sons and daughters of God. We're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that's where the key is, is starting to see ourselves as sons and daughters. And pretty soon we're going to start acting like sons and daughters, talking and behaving like sons of daughters. Amen of the Most High God. But that tense working, working in us means he's constantly working in us. It says he takes good pleasure. He takes pleasure in seeing us change. God is not satisfied in leaving his children the way they are. Bound by the weakness of their flesh and full of flaws. Aren't you glad God sees us? You're, we're we're kind of diamonds in the rough, but we're diamonds no, nonetheless. He knows you and I cannot change ourselves, and we need his help. God takes great pleasure, and it brings him deep gratification to take the mess that we were in before we came to Christ. Amen. We receive his son into our heart, and we begin to change. He brings or he releases his power to bring forth noticeable change in our lives. I want to, and you know, if you know me well enough, you know I, I enjoy restoration. I enjoy 
taking something, and I would have brought it today, but it was raining, and, and showing you what God can do with, or what you can do with something if you, if you call on his a creative ability. Julie understands that some of you others like to do stuff like that. And you step back and you say, my gosh, look what I just created. And you take great pleasure in taking what some people might see as junk and then turning it into something beautiful that now is, is treasure to somebody else. God takes great pleasure in, in seeing you and I change. And I want to change. I'm not satisfied. And granted, we're all in the same boat because we're all going to be miserable till we make those changes in our, in our character. Gloom and despair, agony on me. Remember that? Some of you don't. Let's stand to our feet.